Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. Today we're talking about a bunch of Warner DC movies being delayed. Michael Giacchino is stepping into the director's chair, and we get our first real look at the upcoming season three of The Boys. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hello, I'm Jayla, but you can call me Justin. And if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek Centric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things geek centric. Joining me today is my fellow co host from the East Side. We got Nate Shelton. How are you, buddy? East Side represent. <laughs> <laughs> when it's Justin, when it's the East Side of Canada, it's nowhere near as cool as you're making it out to be. Yeah, but I was thinking you were going to be like, yeah, eh? You know, like really, oh, yeah. really that, that oh, Canadian yeah. East. Coming, yeah, there from, coming from Nova Scotia, eh? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I wish the weather was better here. We tried to record yeah. Saturday and I just got completely power outage, just completely shut down. It Literally, it felt like my house was going to lift off. And I was gonna have to fight the wicked witch of the East Coast. Like that's what it, that's what it <laughs> felt like. I was ready to go on an adventure. Um, but yeah, man. Other than that, uh, not too bad. I have a question for you, though. Yeah, yes, for sure. It's very important. I, I texted you and I said I've got a really important question for you <laughs> that I need to bring up on the podcast, and I think it's something that we need to discuss because I do think it's something that's really it's at the, a lot of the hearts and minds of a lot of people, especially these days. Um, it has to do with pizza toppings. Um, I think, you know, obviously we've, I, th- I don't know if it's come up on the podcast before, if we have fully mm. nailed it down or discussed yeah, I don't think it, we've really, but yeah, talked about it. I don't think we've shared our opinion on the, you know, do they call it accoutrements that go onto a pizza? Let's just cut right to it. What everyone's thinking, you know, pineapple. Um, obviously that's, that's kind of the, the elephant in the room and, and I think we should address it. And I think as far as where I'm standing, I've always been a huge fan of pineapple on pizza. I think the moment you combine the sour, the sweet and the spicy, sometimes, you know, you throw a few Mm. like hot peppers with those pineapples, that's where it becomes a game changer. And I think a lot of people, they look at pineapple, they think ham and cheese and pineapple, and that's it. They're limiting themselves at what's, you know, obviously by layman's terms called a Hawaiian pizza. And I think they're really cutting themselves out of a great experience. What do you think? Well, I would have to agree and disagree because I enjoy pineapple on pizza only when it is a Hawaiian. If it's if it's like you got mushrooms, green peppers, uh, black (laughs) olives, pineapple. uh, No, I'm. (laughs) I'm out. <laughs> it's like as soon as you get to that pineapple, I'm out. But if it's if it's if it's a Hawaiian, it's really good. And I think what you just described was actually a spicy Hawaiian. If you put some a hot spicy peppers one. with, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. put a spicy, you put a spicy one. And the the funny mm. thing about Hawaiian pizzas is that apparently yeah. it was started in Canada, maybe in Toronto, by a Greek. Chef, if you will, right? Really? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, wasn't even this a Hawaiian is, person. This is an interesting factoid that that actually got shared with me, and I never actually vetted it, but okay. I, I will share it with you here. So, yeah, the Hawaiian pizza is very much a product of some sort of bastardizations of cultures <laughs> all at once. But, but that being said, 
it does yeah. have its pluses. If you use barbecue sauce instead of tomato oh, sauce on a dude. Hawaiian pizza, chef's kiss. Dude. I'm telling you. You go bacon. I'm telling you right now. You go bacon, pepperoni. I don't want none of that flat, weird pepperoni. I want the crispy pepperonis. Like, I want the okay. New York-style pepperonis, okay? Then you're going to pop on some, like, banana peppers. Then you're going to throw in... And I'll do the tomato sauce, but you throw some barbecue drizzled on top with the pineapples, my guy? And you got yourself, <laughs> okay. like, a hot Hawaiian, angry Hawaiian pizza? Dude. Angry Hawaiian. I like that. That's, That's it. a vicious That's it, man. name. Let's Whoa, go. Cool. Let's go. We got to market that, yeah. and we also got to get something to eat. Uh, so let's let's get through this podcast so we can actually eat. Okay. Something out okay. There, Sounds okay? good. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the news. It's all about the details. Okay. Before we get into our first news story, I thought we could take a moment and acknowledge the sad news today. William yeah. Hurt died uh, this this Sunday uh, of natural causes at the age of seventy one. His son, uh, Will, said in a, uh, a statement, It is with great sadness that the Hurt family mourns the passing of William Hurt, beloved father and Oscar-winning actor. He was one week away from his 72nd birthday, and he mm. died peacefully among family of natural causes. Now, uh, William Hurt has had a very lengthy career. Uh, he, yeah. As you said, he won an Oscar uh, he, in 1985 for uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. And uh, he starred in uh, The Big Chill, Body Heat. And he appeared in uh, Steven Spielberg's AI, Artificial Intelligence. I'm sure you've checked that one out, Nate. And, uh, oh, yeah. And M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Uh, but mm-hmm. I-, I personally remember him most from, from uh, A History of Violence because he wasn't in it for that much, but he was so, he was so engaging throughout the yeah. entire movie when he was on screen. Um, he, was, he was very captivating. And, you know, that movie is based off of a, a comic book. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever had a chance to check it out, but uh, no. it's 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 a great it's a great watch. I, I think that's the one I'm going to probably go back and watch and enjoy uh, of his yeah. of his movies. Yeah, for me, I he's always going to be John Robinson uh, from Lost in Space that the the 1998 yeah. version like, yeah. and I, that movie has some <laughs> some quirks as well. But like he's and and it's interesting too because I also remember him from The Village. I I always remember him playing like dad roles but like Absolutely. not the kind of like goofy dad but mm-hmm. like the dad where you're like you respect him and he, i think he always had this air of respect whenever he was on screen to the point where there was a little bit of intimidation but there was also sort of this feeling of like no he's he's also going to take care of you and i got a yeah. lot from a lot of his roles um even up until like in marvel like even uh, you know as uh, thunderbolt ross like Yes, he was very much like the sort of the the force to be reckoned with, but he also felt like he, at times he was also there to try and help them as well. Well, yeah, as you, as you pointed out, you know, us geeks are definitely going to feel we feel this loss because he has been so tied to the MCU, and he yeah. did he did have that that commanding respect presence in the role of General Thetis Ross, um, mm-hmm. and and you know he's been around since the very beginning. He was he was in. 2008's The Incredible Hulk, which was with Edward Norton, and then he Mm -hmm. would continue to reprise the role of Ross throughout the rest of the MCU, like Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, and and Black Widow, which, you know, when we saw him in Black Widow, you know, I remember just thinking, you know, he didn't look well, right? So it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough at that, even at that point to, to sort of see, but I'm glad he was with family and, you know, he... He was able to to pass in peace, but he'll definitely be missed. Yeah, our thoughts go out to uh, obviously to the the entire Hurt family, and you know I think 
Um, yeah, just to to what you were saying, like, it, it, yes, it. There, I'm sure there's an air of of surprise that that comes with these things, but also I think you know the whole aspect of dying of natural causes. His, he <laughs> was with his family at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, he he had a, an amazing legacy, a phenomenal uh, career, and I think you know it's always um, a good idea at these times whenever you get a chance, like hop on his IMDb. And and go through and 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 you know take some time to remember him and and maybe watch a few movies uh, that he was in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, with that, let's move into our first news story. Looks like Warner Brothers is shifting the release date for a variety of films. This comes to us from Eric Pedersen and Anthony D'Alessandro from Deadline. This past week, Warner Brothers made a slew of release date moves. For some of their highest profile DC movies, the list is as follows. DC League of Super Pets moves from May 20th to July 29th. Hmm. Black Adam moves from July 29th to October 21st. The Flash moves from November 4th to June 23rd, 2023. Okay. Aquaman now moves from December 16th to March 17th. 2023 so so we got about another year for that Jeez. and the the funny thing is is shazam fury of the gods moves from june 2nd 2023 to december 16th 2022 i had to yeah. check and that yeah. apparently seems to be right so it's it's moving up in the schedule to help kind of uh readjust um so. but Non-DC films were also affected. Wonka moves from March 17th, 2023 to December 15th, 2023. So I, that's better. I think that's more of a Christmassy kind of movie. But uh, it'll, be, you it'll be interesting to see for sure. See, if, if, if around they, the holidays? If they maybe, yeah, if they kind of theme it that way. I mean, it's I don't I sure. never really think of those movies as, <laughs> as holiday movies. But I mean, listen, when you've got um, what's well, Harry. When you've got Timothy uh, Chalamet. When you've got the Chalamet. Chalamet. When you you got Chalamet, you put him in a December movie. You give me four Chalamet movies in December, I'll be a happy boy. Okay? Just make that happen. 12 days of Christmas, but like four, right? Four days of Chalamet. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, four days of Chalamet. Um, Meg uh, Meg 2, I don't know if you were a fan of Meg 1. I I didn't even see it. Uh, Meg 2, The Trench, has been set for August 4th, 2023. That's got to be the one that hits the hardest. That's the one I least cared about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those Meg fans are are going to be (laughs) late. (laughs) <laughs> oh man! Um, but but the article also does mention that a number of these movies, which are obviously visual effects heavy, are being pushed yeah. due to log jams that you know post production effects houses are are facing as productions have been ramped up during COVID. So you know mm-hmm. the Flash alone has twenty five hundred visual effects shots. Uh, so I guess it's to be expected. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is with movies, and I I think the VFX aspect to movies is one that I don't think is thought enough about um, these days. I think I think we've we might have I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have kind of gotten to this place where visual effects have become so just so standard in in terms of like if they look really good, you don't notice them, and that's kind of become the norm for so many people that I don't think it's as thought about from a production standpoint. And realistically, visual effects, the, the way that they're kind of working, in my mind, I equate that to like video game developers, right? And, and obviously, over the past few years, there's been a ton 
of news stories just kind of condemning the aspect of crunch uh, and crunch culture. And, you know, I think, you know, we used to celebrate crunch. I remember, um, you know, years and years ago during the era of like the Xbox 360, you know, Bethesda and some of these dev teams would be like shouting out like, we stayed up for 84 hours straight, like developing this one part of the game, like, woo, like tweeting this stuff out. And now we're very much seeing how detrimental that is to these people and their families. So from the standpoint of the VFX stuff, listen, if these people need that time to to be able to do their job without having to crunch as much, all power yeah. to them. Push 100%. this stuff back. It's totally fine. Um, and, and the crazy thing is, I'm not that big of a DC fan. I'd say the same thing about the Marvel teams as well if they had to. Sure. Um, especially with, with COVID and working from home. Um, the only thing I, I will say, though, just from the standpoint of the DC movies, it, this, as much as, you know, again, I, I, I'm all for it if they have to. But this in no way is helping them to clean up the DCEU. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be just as messy do you think it'll be still like, do you think they'll still have the the ability to keep everything in line? Because even with Sony, like we're starting to see with with, um, you know, what's that one that's coming out that looks awful? Oh, uh, Jer- with Morbius. Morbius. Right. Like even with them and we've got um, Keaton in it. Right. And, and like, is he is that taking place before or after? Like what's going on there? Well, that's a whole other discussion. Sure. (laughs) But I'm saying with these DC movies, it feels like, are they going to keep them all straight? Are they going to be able to keep these characters in the same linear fashion um, with all these pushbacks? It just seems, I don't know, man. It just seems really freaky. (laughs) I don't know if this is going to help them. I I think it will, actually, because I think it's smart that they're bringing out Shazam, which did do really well initially. Mm -hmm. They're bringing that up. And they're also going to put Black Adam, you know, uh, a couple months before that creates, you know, this sort of mm-hmm. pocket narrative with those two characters. Cause those two characters do have a history and we do already know that flash and Aquaman have a history. So that can be their 2023 set of DC movies. Yeah. And, and I will say like, um, I'm, I'm happy that we're not losing DC league of super pets uh, too far. Yes, <laughs> into exactly. The future. Like yeah, I'm yeah. happy. Uh, so I actually, I'm looking forward to that one. And then the only thing I will say though for my boy Chalamet, like he's got a tough job now because now not only is he bringing back the character of Wonka, he's going up against Avatar Two. Like, like, are you sure about this, Warner Bros? Like, are you sure you want to do but that? See, Maybe push it one more month. No, I, I think, like, I think, I think again, this will play on a different trope of the holiday vibe. Like, I don't think this is going to be yeah. holiday themed, but from stills okay. and sets, it does look very wintry. So that will feel holiday esque. You know how they can do that in Hollywood, right? Like, they can they they put out a movie that oh, yeah. isn't holiday. They can market it that like, way. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know I, to go up against the 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 big Disney, and and the and the kids in blue. Like I, it'll be well, tough. I'll I know t- that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to be watching Wonka on December fifteenth. <laughs> he's going to be in line for Avatar two for sure. <laughs> he's a huge he's a huge Avatar fan. Don't you I, yeah, I know. I, yeah. I I do know though. Come. 2023 you'll probably be in a lineup at universal studios hollywood oh when yeah buddy. super nintendo world opens uh yeah this article comes to us from adele anchors over at ign 
yeah, so next year, Super Nintendo World will open yeah. in the U.S. Uh, the first Super Nintendo World theme park area in the U.S. will open at Universal Studios Hollywood in 2023 with themed merchandise making its way onto shelves ahead of the land's debut. Announced by Universal Studios, next year, theme park guests will be able to visit a newly expanded area of Universal Studios Hollywood. The themed land brings visitors into the brightly colored world of Mario, Luigi, and Princess Peach, including a groundbreaking ride and interactive areas. Themed shopping and dining aim to enhance the experience. The park is a partnership between Nintendo and Universal Creative, aiming to deliver exhilarating entertainment with innovative technology achievements inspired by characters and video games that have appealed to generations of Nintendo fans for over 40 years. Before that 2023 opening, Universal will be releasing related merchandise such as Mario and Luigi themed apparel, character hats, and a selection of plush characters including Yoshi, Mario, Bowser, and Luigi that will be stocked at Universal Studio Hollywood's feature presentation retail store, which will open soon with new Super Nintendo World theming. It's pretty dope, man. This have you seen some of the yeah, stuff man. from Japan? Like the stuff that that they I've I have been I've been doing the thing with my hands where I kind of hold my hands up but then I open them up a little bit to peek a little bit. Um I've seen the exteriors. I haven't really I've seen some of the food, some of the merch. Um I've really tried to stay away from any sort of uh Details. You know, POV ride along uh, yeah. videos online. Like I'm sure there's a ton of them out there, um, but I really want to kind of see that for myself uh, come 2023 or, or or later. And dude, it's just you know it makes so much sense, right? With <clears throat> with this kind of collab. Um, obviously, Universal Studios already big with Minions and Illumination Studios, who's doing the Mario movie. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of once that's out if that's going to be part of a, a big push. Uh, at this uh, this park, I'm pretty sure that should line up, right? It it probably will because uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, the Mario movie will be releasing uh, 2022 at the end of of 2022, right? In December, end of this year, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, to go into 2023, you're about right. Yeah, they would probably help influence, and we might see some of that merch show up there. Um, but yeah. but yeah, it, it totally makes sense in terms of what already. The existing license agreements that are already in place, but also like it just makes sense for Nintendo to build out this world in this way. Like some of the interactive oh, yeah, qualities uh, at the parks mm -hmm. is next level. Like it's really fun. Like yeah. you're literally running around finding things. Like it's kind of it's it's it looks like it's going to be a great time. The, the the Mario Kart ride looks cool, right? It just it, you know what it? I mean? yeah it okay. looks cool, but it looks very much like it reminded me of. Um, the Toy Story one in Hollywood Studios in at Disney World, you know the one that oh, where you sitting? shoot everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that, but obviously okay. there's no. Sh I don't know if there's there probably will be shooting because it is Mario Kart, so you, you might be able to right, throw you things, might throw a shell or something. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. You might be doing stuff yeah. like that, but uh, it, it looked like there was a track and there's uh, a headset that you wear and stuff like that. It looked pretty interesting, but I don't know. So it is. So it is VR based kind of thing. Is that what you're trying to tell me? There's, there's. Like you think that's kind of what they're doing? Well, yeah, they had they 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 had people with headsets, and it's not it's wow. not VR. I think it's AR. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think augmented it, reality. Yeah, augmented reality. That's it. Augmented reality is, Interesting. is what it is. So uh, it looks cool, man. I'm I'm definitely interested. We, we we'll have to see. Yeah, I don't know if I would be able to be there on opening day. I feel like you'll be there. 
Like you'll you'll ban. I just want to eat like a dude. I want like a Princess Peach cobbler. I want their uh, I want their burger. Their burger looks really good. The mushroom burger that they have because it's all oh yeah. Uh, it's all uh, what's the mushroom's name again? Toad is yeah, it? Sh- it's is toads, it colored it's to- like Toad? No, it's Toad's restaurant. So it's like it's it's oh, okay. Yeah, so it's cool. It's really really that's pretty dope. So that's pretty dope. Um, I um yeah. yeah man I I do. Again, I'm trying to like stay a close eye on it, but not too close. But dude, I did hear, and again, you're going to say like, oh, you're never satisfied. But I did hear in Japan that they might be expanding a Pokemon expansion into the Nintendo world. So there's there's rumors that that's happening. And if that does, and they bring it to, to Universal Studios, dude, like well, Pokemon that's... Go in real life, like, come on. Well, that's 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 really interesting too because then you're really giving a breath to your video game worlds, and also if they're all attached together, like if you have to go through Mario World to get to Pokemon World, dude, that dude, be, that would be amazing. Dude. And they're probably already thinking about it too with Pokemon Go, like you think, like you yeah. said, like that's an interactive game that people can play all built throughout. right into the thing they already have in their pockets, right? And if there's a special, you know, maybe you've got a certain zone that you can only get the you know this pokemon here or you know they have events or things like that that can go through the phone i think there's honestly there's so much that they can do Um, and it'll be interesting to see how much they sort of are going to you know how much COVID is going to affect their design decisions sure right the idea of interacting with a headset sounds a little bit uh freaky right now because you're putting (laughs) people's sweaty grossness on your face but but with with your own phone Right. It can it, maybe it can track a little bit True. better. Maybe it wouldn't be as as crazy. But, you know, I think we, we take these things one step at a time. And uh, yeah, man, let's go. Can we go? I, I'm going to buy tickets. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Good luck trying to find them. They're probably already on eBay for like a bajillion dollars. <laughs> a bajillion coins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to our next news story. Composer Michael Giacchino is up to direct Marvel's latest Halloween special. This comes from Boris Kitt of The Hollywood Reporter. Michael Giacchino has been tapped to direct Marvel's untitled Halloween special, uh, which will be gearing up later this month in Atlanta. Little is known about the project, which is sometimes referred to as Werewolf by Night, although sources say uh, that this won't be the actual title when it when it airs later this year. Hmm. Uh, Gael Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly are starring in the one-hour story with sources believing that Bernal is playing a werewolf. Um, werewolf by Night was, was a comic published uh, by Marvel in the 1970s, and it centered around a, a man named Jack Russell, who who plays the, the 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 werewolf. The comic is also known for actually being the introduction to uh, Moon Knight uh, in issue number Ooh. 32. So that's kind of interesting, given okay. the fact that this year we will be getting Moon Knight, obviously, very soon. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. recent years, though, the the werewolf concept was was revamped as as a new character of of Native American descent, and music was a story point as it helped the character control his body morphing. It's really funny that Michael Giacchino is yeah. is being picked for this because he's obviously known as as one of Hollywood's most prolific composers. Dude, he got his breakthrough obviously from Pixar in two thousand and four with The Incredibles, which pretty much cemented his relationship with that company. He did Ratatouille yeah. up, which he won an Oscar for Cars two, right? He did Inside yeah. Out. He got did Incredibles, Incredibles two, Coco, two, Coco, and now Light, he's doing Lightyear. He's doing Lightyear, yeah. 
Yeah. Dude. And then and then he has strong ties to J.J. Abrams, your favorite show. He did Lost. Oh, uh, so you know, he, he rebooted Star Trek. And he already has the Marvel connection, as we know, from Doctor Strange, the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy he did. And right now you can hear his music in theaters with the Batman on the big screen. And this summer he's got Jurassic World and Thor Love and Thunder, which we should have gotten a trailer for. But uh, what this guy is so busy and he's going to direct a one hour short, which sounds really fitting for him, though. It just it sounds like the perfect story. I mean, you got to imagine, right? Like this guy's this guy's freaking he's the goat like he's the goat like don't get me wrong like Ludwig Gorenson is is getting there you know he's having a great uh, few years right and of course John Williams will forever be the the one and only but but Gicino is just uh, he's 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 killing it and I think the the biggest thing that that I'm kind of um, happy about with this news because I think a lot of people will sort of think like oh a composer's directing a movie like that's that's strange, but you got to imagine this guy's probably been in in so many productions and seen so much. He's probably had the master class of all master classes of of seeing firsthand how these movies are directed, and so you got to imagine he's probably absorbed so much and learned so much. I've you know I'm I'm not sure what his actual sort of background is from an education standpoint when it comes to movie making, but he's definitely had a a good amount of time to to study up with with these other creators. Yeah, I, I think again we underestimate the fact that when you're composing a score, you know, you you are very much involved in the story process, right? And he was yeah. very much involved in in the story process for Matt Reeves' Batman. Uh, you know, he mm-hmm. he he sent early drafts of a his score to Reeves early on when they were still just kind of developing and it got him going. Um, and he has directed movies. He has directed shorts and it seems very fitting that you would bring someone who is obviously so tied to music to tell this specific story. If that might be a character point. I'm hearing the Kevin Feige right now saying that in an interview, like 100%, like he's on the red carpet of this premiere for this special or whatever, or, or maybe he's on a Disney conference thing or whatever. And he's just saying like, he's like, yeah, I mean, it, you know, he just, he, he literally says like, it's so fitting, but um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for this. I think he's, I think he's going to do a phenomenal job. Um, and I'm really excited to see kind of, what he can do going forward um because as you said like you got to imagine him him doing you know the whole like going up to a director and saying what does the character feel like just like how an actor would maybe be like what is my character's motivation right now how is where am i where am i where's the headspace at that's exactly what a composer has to do when they're creating like themes for each character for sure when it's a balance though music for each moment it's a right? balance though, yeah. right like it, it, it is working with the director to feel that out but as a musician you feel like you have to really kind of go explore that and then you bring it back and then you have that discovery with with the director but it is understanding those key narrative points and being able to dictate that in the musical score so i think it's it's very fitting i also feel like though someone like michael Giacchino. now the real question is who composes the music for this special is it going to be him is he going to do might. both jobs he yeah he could okay i believe in him or maybe <laughs> maybe he does maybe he does 
pass that wisdom on he to, to he goes the other direction so i'm i'm excited if if again this is this was like n- there, nowhere in this article does it say it's confirmed this is probably more on the speculation scale but it, it when it shows up in a hollywood reporter sure. it's almost close to certain if it, there's good if there's good sourcing so hopefully this is how it all plans out but uh yeah i'm i'm excited to see this very cool cool i'm also very excited to see deadpool 3 whenever that comes out because sean levy is set to direct ryan reynolds in this marvel movie which is pretty crazy this article comes from ryan parker at the hollywood reporter the director is in negotiations to team up with star ryan reynolds for the marvel property after previously collaborating on 20th century's pandemic era hit free guy and the just released sci-fi adventure which nate was a huge fan of absolutely loved it go listen <laughs> it to fine. our spoiler it free. was all right <laughs> i liked it, it. Okay. i liked it a lot more than nate but uh yeah the adam <laughs> project which was uh which dropped on netflix this past weekend uh this will mm-hmm. be the first deadpool film following disney's acquisition of 20th century fox uh which which released the first two installments uh, but but this news obviously comes on the heels of, of Disney announcing it would be moving its more mature Netflix series over to Disney Plus. Uh, those shows include yeah. Daredevil and Punisher, uh, which along with with Deadpool, you know, like that is that mature content, if you will. Uh, the first two Deadpool films are currently not available on Disney Plus, which the article says, and I could have sworn that they were. But maybe I'm just imagining it. But we're also in Canada. Could be, could be on ours. Is we'll, it on Star? It could Stars be on Star. It could be on Star. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was concerns at a time that that Marvel might not necessarily continue with this R-rated approach. But Bob Iger uh, basically said, "Yeah, he, he it can remain R-rated." But he ain't around anymore, so I, I don't know uh, if that's gonna if that's gonna actually happen. You know, Chapnik might uh, might skew differently, but we'll see. You know what? Deadpool uh, and Deadpool Two are definitely on at least in Canada uh, Disney Plus. I don't know because when you do the search function, it doesn't necessarily say this is from Star or this is from from Disney Plus. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm very intrigued. It's it's really funny though that like. Like Sean Levy, who's known for doing more family friendly stuff, is doing the next Deadpool movie. But at the same time, um, you know, it's just the people that he he chooses to work with. um, Walker Scoble, who's in the uh, the the Adam Project. It was so cute. I saw a video of him that got put on the Internet that Ryan Reynolds was just recording him in the back. He was sitting in the back of a car, literally word for word you know saying i think it was deadpool one i yeah. think he was like recanting the entire script well for yeah because it's or the opening like, monologue for 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 deadpool's character unreal. right so unreal yeah it's 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 funny i i was hinting at this in our spoiler free and i wish i had said it because then it mm-hmm. would have just been on the record but the way that these two have been working together it's only a matter of time before they did this right like they yeah. they transitioned yeah. to doing the disney movie they like free guy had comical leisures and and did have the sort of fourth wall breaking tropes if you will that deadpool we expect from deadpool i would say to a certain degree with with the adam project while it didn't have that it had the sort of adventure quality and i think if you smash those two together and 
up to an R rating, you could probably have it and maybe have better writing and a villain that really does work. Matters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. If they keep it raunchy, if they keep it violent, um, you know, I think obviously <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is going to bring his his Deadpool A game for, for sure. For any he Deadpool already did it in the movie. last two movies we just talked about. So. Exactly. <laughs> it's just... so, so right. So <laughs> so I think it would be uh, it would be pretty cool. I am very excited to see Deadpool uh, embrace the the MCU. Uh, I'm interested to see if if by the time we get this movie, I mean maybe we'll find out in a few months if if the X Men will maybe be a bigger part of this movie and the MCU going forward. Because, I mean, obviously in, in Deadpool 2, we we got that moment where he sees the X-Men, right? And and was that Deadpool 2 or Deadpool 1? One of them. We've, we've seen him interact with them before. And so the idea of kind of having this crazy kooky character running through multiverses and, and are, you know, kind of as a theme of phase four of the MCU... Uh, is awesome to me. It, that's it a just, good idea. One of those things that could be really that's, cool. That's a really good idea. I think I really like that is how he just falls through a multiversal portal and like you make his character matter and you like more so like you don't just take him for the joke that he is, right? Like I feel like the last two movies, right. they have fun with it, but they don't really showcase the heroism. They're just, they're making light of mm-hmm. the character of Deadpool. If you go that Marvel route of highlighting the heroism, but really create like a really weird story out of it and you entwine that multiversal sort of like he's just time jumping and going through different times. That's a really cool idea. And it could be really cool because like, like I'm just really stoked for the idea that maybe the movie that we're introduced to him in, maybe it's new to him. Maybe the aspect of multiverses doesn't really play in, but I would love to see sort of a character growth of him truly becoming the fourth wall breaking Deadpool. Cause obviously he is, but like the one that like is taking advantage of the universe around him and using it for every single aspect that it can provide just in the sense of like he could go from not knowing really what multiverses are to eventually we get a movie where we just see Deadpool pop up and we're like okay here we go here we go he knows what to do and he's going to take these characters on a ride so um, I think it would be really really dope I would want to see him maybe even in like a buddy cop Marvel movie would be really fun like him like who would you partner Deadpool up with from our from our MCU existing. Like, I don't know. Maybe him That's... and like him and Thor <laughs> would be yeah, pretty you, phenomenal. You could, you could do that. It would be it would be cool to see him and uh Peter Quill together maybe. Um Oh yeah. But yeah. like I, I'm not sure. I think the future of uh, new characters that they can bring into the MCU and who he can interact with would be great. I think if you're going to go really the opposite end Doctor Strange does make the most sense. Like when someone was saying like, <laughs> oh, he'll he'll show up in Doctor Strange. I was like, that actually would yeah. would make sense. Even if it was just a cameo yeah. as like an introduction to show you how he ends up in the MCU world before we go and tell his story. Dude. Again, this is all this is all under the impression that there's a script. Like the screenwriters, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are returning to the franchise and they actually worked on on the first two. So like okay. they're going to have a big task. Sean Levy's going to have a big task because, again, I'm not 100 percent sold on Sean Levy. He's so heartfelt, though, like he loves what he does. But it's just like 
I don't understand why the villain was the villain in the Adam Project. Just just go see the movie if you haven't seen the movie <laughs> <laughs> to know what we're what we're talking about. But um, you know, uh, Lizzie Molyneux Loughlin, uh, who's known for Bob's Burgers, apparently did did work on a script uh, for the third movie, um, and so it'll be interesting to kind of see if if they pull from that in any way, if they've restarted it. Um, obviously, time will tell, but. Yeah, man, I'm I'm just stoked that they're that he's coming to the MCU and that this is one step closer to seeing it. And and dude, and just maybe a buddy cop with just him and Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, buddy cop, Deadpool movie. I think that's oh, long gone. That's it. long gone. Just no, he no, wants, it's not. He Robin wants multi- it really bad. Justin, multiverses. <laughs> we can do anything we want. Okay, it's Don't it's about signing that. Hugh Jackman. Okay, well, only time will tell. And speaking of time, <laughs> let's move. Right into trailer time. It's trailer time. All right, our first trailer that we're talking about, it's actually a full trailer this time, where we're talking about The Boys, season three, hitting Amazon Prime June 3rd. Uh, Very excited for this. Uh, If you know The Boys, then you know, but uh, I'll catch you up to speed here. We got Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Aaron Aaron Moriarty, Laz Alonzo, Chase Crawford, Jesse T. Usher, Dominic Magaliet, and Karen Fukuhara. Plus, we got our first look at Jensen Eccles as Soldier Boy and Lori Holden as Crimson Countress. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. l- there's no synopsis, but this teaser was nuts. Dude. This is the perfect amount of information to give me. I actually don't want another trailer before yeah. we get into season three. I think that was enough for me to get me excited for it. Dude, I'm ready to go. I love, I love the way that they've, uh, you know, at least with all the trailers we've gotten, but in the past, mm-hmm. you know, they, they time it to the music. We get the quick cut timing we get the, like the cocking of the glocks yep. uh this time to bones by imagine dragons and this looks cool man it looks like the boys are taking compound v which i remember reading somewhere that in the comics they eventually take it so it looks like butcher's gonna kind of become the thing he hates which i'm really intrigued by he's got looks like he's got laser eyes much like homelander um and i'm also just kind of it looks like huey might get the ability to heal because we see Kimiko like breaking his arm, and I feel like it's going to be some sort of joke where you know um, Billy Butcher's going to be like, "Well, it didn't tell you it wouldn't hurt, just that you could heal from it, or something like that." And they would like laugh, and he'd throw a cigarette in his face or something. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I'm uh, I love the dark humor we're seeing in this again, like mm-hmm. the the commentary um, that they kind of have at the same time with seeing the cops at the protest yep. being stopped by a train and then it looks really heroic but then it's a commercial <laughs> he's just he's it's holding... a commercial for a soft drink yeah <laughs> yeah and it it, it, it says everything about the character right in that moment like yeah. where he's at yeah. so i i feel like the teaser does a really good job at least you know again leveling the playing field as as you said in, on twitter uh you know it, yeah, just kind of allowing that and and you know i guess spoilers if you haven't watched uh the boys diabolical but you know oh, yeah. coming off of that and seeing that entire mini series and and seeing how compound v was so integral it makes sense that you mm-hmm. would cap this off with with a a teaser that very much hints at at our our anti-heroes becoming the things that they hate is is as if you as you said Nate so i think it's a really yeah, good man. really yeah. good way to get you excited what for what to anticipate 
Dude, the fact that they're continuing the joke of Aquaman having sex with fish by showing the deep. You know, he's getting he's going deep and then he's got his eyes locked on an octopus. Like it's just it's honestly, this is the this is the kind of humor that I I love that we can get out of our superhero content because Marvel's not going to give it to us. DC's probably, you know, unless we're we're talking peacemaker, like it's going to they're going to stay away from it I think in their mainline movies. So to see it here, um I think TV's a great way to deliver it and you know, as you said, we get our first look at the Crimson Countess, uh, who is like this world's version of Scarlet Witch. Yes. Uh, and yeah, she's played by Laurie Holden, who did I ever tell you that I um, she's from she plays Andrea on The Walking Dead. But um, I did I ever tell you that I like I almost met her like I, I literally was uh, feet away from her um, was I was in full Wreck-It Ralph cosplay. Oh, yeah. You told me. Yeah, you told me. Did I tell you this? Yeah. And I I was inside of a we were passing at the same time at the hotel in the um, the the revolving door. (laughs) I just gave her like this, like really stupid face and wave. And she gave me the dirtiest look like she was not impressed. But um, (laughs) but I'm very stoked to see her. I'm stoked to see her in this because I I never really liked the the character of of Andrea too much. Um, And not just because not just because she she gave me a weird look when I was waving at her dressed as Wreck-It Ralph. But um, (laughs) but I am excited to see her in this and see see how what you know, I think it would be cool if maybe she uh, is is, you know, uh, is she going to be a bad character? She's going to be a good character. Um, Well, dude, I think the, the biggest you yeah. called it though it's it's it was the fact that she looked like she had a power set and as very similar to Scarlet Witch and the fact that she's called Crimson Countess is like you know it's yeah. it's very oh. f- very fitting it's, it's and it's right on the nose and seeing, they don't and, they don't try to and seeing you know Jensen Ankles as as soldier boy right yeah. is is pretty cool and, and I know Joanne who who was on the podcast she has a thing yeah. for him so that's that's oh, hilarious 100% <laughs> who, who who wouldn't have are you kidding me he's so dreamy. um he's he's very dreamy and it looks like they're going to be doing kind of the captain america thing yeah. uh he's going to be unfrozen i think i think i do think though that he's going to be a really terrible person like uh, and it feels like right and it, but like worse and yep. i i feel like it's but i give- feel like vot is going to is well, Vod is probably going to use him in their marketing as a way to say, like, see, we don't, we don't stand for Nazis, like, we don't, we don't like Stormfront and at all. She, she, we didn't even know she was a Nazi, and then you know, we're all about America. Here's America's hero back again. We unfroze him or something. Like, they're going to try and play the the corporate aspect of just being like, no, 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 we're for America, and and here's America's ass. Well, it's interesting to bring in Soldier Boy at this point because I feel like he's more of an antagonist to Homelander. Like I, I, yeah. after the events of what happened in, in season two, where things are left off, you know, there's obviously animosity between between Butcher and Homelander, but they'll inevitably find each other again. But I think through Soldier Boy is going to be very much that that uh, sort of spark, if you will, to their feud, if you will. But I feel like Soldier Boy, I could see them almost bringing in an aspect of Peacemaker into him in the sense of like, he's going to be so much for justice and he's going to be come across as such a, a soldier boy, such a good American boy that he's going to do some terrible things in order to do what he thinks is the greater good. And I'm I'm really intrigued to see because I think I think Jensen Ackles can really play that like the kind of character that you want to be really good and you want to love and he's so charming but at the same time he's awful he's awful yeah. um that yeah. sounds like and I, I also too. but no but that's what i'm saying like yeah. i think 
I think Homelander, it's almost going to be like the Jurassic Park, like the two T-Rex situation. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, him and Homelander, Homelander's going to see him as a, as a threat, threat to be the more popular one, right? And obviously Homelander's got a lot of issues that way. But um, I hope we do get to see more Victoria. I think it would be cool if she's president by the end of this season uh, and she's blowing minds. Um, and I also really, I'm wondering what happened to Cindy. She's the bald woman who, do you remember she escaped the asylum? Uh, and she can blow people up. I think if she joined with the boys now, especially now that they're going to be getting superpowers, like that would be really dope. Like if they can find a way to kind of expand the team that way right, right. Uh, and and kind of play off of that because she is a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think we've seen the last of her. No, I, we 100% haven't. I think that, you know, that was a loose thread for a reason. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, man. So we won't have to wait too long. Like I said, June June third, so it's just right yeah. around the corner. But I'm I'm very excited to see. It's gonna be busy, this, dude. It's gonna, it's be, gonna busy. be busy, <laughs> especially as we get to other trailers that we're talking about oh, yeah. here. Um, right. Let's get to our next trailer, uh, which we don't actually have to wait that much longer either. It's actually towards the end of March here, March twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, and this is Halo, the series yeah. that's hitting uh, uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, we already got a teaser that was very underwhelming, but yes. uh, needless to say, this this was far better. This this series is going to be starring uh, Pablo Schreiber, Jen Taylor, Natasha McElhone, Danny Sapani, uh, Bokeem Woodbine, and Yurin Ha. There's obviously a lot of other people that I might have missed in that cast list, but... Those were the ones that I immediately found right off the bat. Uh, this synopsis is Master Chief, a cybernetically enhanced super soldier, defends humanity from the alien covenant in the 26th century. Now, I, I was never, I, I think we talked about this in the teaser, I was never a big Halo gamer. I wasn't yeah. an Xbox gamer. I know, Nate, this is your bread and butter. Um, but I was actually really I found this trailer far better than the teaser. It leaned so more into the cinematic. It had mm -hmm. more of this uh, sort of world building elements. It still looks a little plasticky and cheap. I think that's what you said last time about yeah, some of the, the looks. Yeah, the visuals are still leaving a little be to be desired for sure. For sure. But it, it seems like there's there's more hook here narratively versus in the teaser that just it tried to be some sort of like sizzle reel uh, hype reel, if you will, but it, it, it didn't really land. Like, again, no shade to In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Like, a phenomenal song. But but use it in the right places. This this right. this Halo series is not the right place to put a song like that. And I just felt like this trailer fit the tone of what I think they're going to be going for with this series so much more. Um, I did... I had a little bit of prayer and hope that the the piano that we hear at the beginning of the trailer was going to play the like the Halo theme song, but it didn't. Um, I don't think we're actually going to get. We did get that at the tail end of the trailer, but I think that was that just was a them great. That was great. Yeah, that was using great. it. I don't think it's actually going to be in the show, but we'll see. Um, I I thought that uh, yeah, this looks good. It looks like it's going to focus on the events before. Halo Reach, uh, which if you're a, a Halo gamer, you know that that's taking place before Halo 1. Um, mm -hmm. And I think eventually this might get into the games, but it also kind of looks like they're they're kind of going a different a different direction with things, too. Uh, it feels like, um, you know, with these additional characters, we're going to get uh, more storyline than just from Master Chief. And uh, Yaren Ha seems like she's going to really carry that side of the show. So I'm really stoked for that aspect of it. 
Um, but dude, there's so much Halo in even just this trailer. Like we see all the weapons we'd want. We see the ships. Yep. We see the Pelicans. We see like the Gatling gun. Like there's there's a, a ton in it. And uh, at one point, we see what looks like uh, one of the prophets. Um, I think it's the High Prophet of Mercy. <laughs> Because he was around prior to the events of Halo, and is he's like the oldest of the prophets. Um, but it could also be the prophet of truth, because one of the characters says, "Truth, the truth could bring us all down." So I'm wondering if they're gonna, you know, kind of use that wordplay or what have you. But I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm stoked. Like, do you think? Um, like, it looks like they're kind of humanizing Master Chief a little bit more. We see like way more flashbacks of him as a kid, right? Like. Huh. So do you think with with Pablo um, Schreiber, who's doing he's Master Chief, do you think we're going to get to see him more than someone like Pedro Pascal in like Mandalorian, um, for instance? I don't know. I actually think that they're probably going to go the Mandalorian route because it yeah. it, it does it can work. Um, maybe what we do is we see a younger version of Master Chief, but right. you know, it, uh, that scene at the end when they're jumping out of the plane. Oh, my gosh, like, dude. That was epic. Dude. That was a great way to end that trailer too. It was so um, cool. And he looks super badass when he's fighting, right? Like the yeah. fight sequences when he's fighting these 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 covenant aliens, like he's just tearing them down and it was it was really epic. Um it looks like too that there's going to be I guess this sort of moral dichotomy between I guess cybernetic and, and human or or yep. or something. I again, I don't know enough about the world of Halo to understand it, but it seems like there's there's a a conspiracy or a political sort of nature around, you know, who these these cybernetic enhanced uh, super soldiers are and if yeah. they I maybe just go maybe full robots. I don't know. Well, it's interesting because uh, Natasha McElhone, who plays Catherine Halsey, you know, she's basically the kind of the, the mastermind behind the, the Spartan program. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, in the storyline of like taking young boys and, and young girls and pulling them out of their family, basically, and and you're they're conditioning them to become these these super soldiers. So mm -hmm. there is a lot of sort of um, skeletons in her closet, so to speak, that I think they're going to really right. explore with this. Um, oh, and uh, okay. Shabani uh, um, Azmi, I think I'm pronouncing that, um, plays Admiral uh, Margaret Parangoski, who I don't quite remember from the games, but she seems like she might be sort of the the antithesis to to Halsey. She's probably going to be the one to to try and shut down uh the spartan project as they try to look into other means of of carrying forward but i'm honestly i'm i like i'm excited for for master chief i'm more excited for silver team i'm excited to see them mm -hmm. you know that shot of them as you said jumping out of the pelican was jumping so cool yeah, yeah, and yeah. dude bokeem woodbine is playing soren 066 and um i am just i'm amped because he is so freaking good in everything he does oh, so to sure, see yeah. him in this storyline, I think is going to be really cool. So I'm just I'm excited because it 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 feels like they're actually number one. This was a much better trailer, and it and it really speaks to the idea of like you know put your best foot forward. Don't don't put the sizzle reel ahead of this. Um, and also, I think the the fact that they are seemingly going in a different direction, they are going to focus on these characters. I'm just really I'm praying, Justin, that the performances and the narrative will will kind of outweigh the the really not great CGI and I'm really hoping because again this Halo is all about the big battles right so if we're going to get into 
big battles with with tons of ships and things like that like either they're saving their money for those shots and we haven't seen them yet which is appreciated in a trailer um but at the same time like i don't i don't know and i don't know if that's going to be distracting if their armor being a little plasticky is going to be distracting i really hope not so i'm 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 almost more excited for the additional characters and the new storylines than i am for them adapting halo but uh yeah much better trailer dude I don't think that this would need that. Like, I, I like that they stayed very focused on characters and sort of, again, as I was referring to, this sort of political uh, situation that might be in the background of who these cybernetic enhanced super soldiers are and what the yeah. future looks like. You know, that being said, I think, you know, keeping it grounded and, and keeping it focused on the characters at least at least brings an audience in and allows them to get hooked to that rather than the spectacle of just seeing these epic battles brought brought out and maybe that is something that you really do push and maybe that doesn't get really seen in the first season you you wait because if i'm not mistaken they've already been greenlit for season two yeah and for some people who have had uh were able to get early access to screeners they've watched this the first two episodes and there's there's some praise uh, Good that, that people have for for the show. So that's awesome. Uh, it, it sounds like it sounds like this this trailer came out uh, with the right tone, not like the first one, which Dude. as you were saying, like put your best foot forward, and yeah. you know this this would have probably hit better that Super Bowl weekend or, yeah. or just before whenever they released it, um, and you know it would have probably had a bit more of a resonating excitement to it. Because mm-hmm. like now seeing this, I'm I'm a little bit more interested in in watching this series now. This was a sci-fi ass trailer, whereas mm. and it was epic, right? Whereas the original trailer felt like they were trying to push towards general audiences. Obviously, with them putting that up during the Super Bowl, like maybe they're like people aren't going to know Halo, but they you know they 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 definitely know Phil Collins, really? so maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like really? I'm trying I know, to justify I, I, it in no, any I, I, way I, I, possible as to why they made that decision. But I think I think, I think, I think it was a was hype reel. Be, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think it was more of a hype reel. They they were trying to do more of a teaser esque approach to work, it by though. giving you the hints. It didn't work because especially that score it takes you right out. Like that music yeah. just took you right out. So at yeah. least here, like you said, at the end we got that oh mm-hmm. at the end, which is mm-hmm. so signature, and it's like you didn't even put that in the teaser, but here in this yeah. take two trailer we we have we have it so uh yeah march 24th 2022 Let's i know go, you'll man. be watching it we'll, yeah. we'll definitely be probably checking it out if if we can here in canada if, mm-hmm. if paramount plus is listening please let us know if we'll be able to watch that <laughs> find a way um all right let's get to our next trailer that actually dropped today um which i'm super stoked for uh we, we got to talk about Miss Marvel, our first yep. real look at this series. Everything up to this point has just been stills and, and sizzle reel stuff. Uh, but we got our first real look at this series hitting Disney Plus June 8th, 2022. Cool. So, yes, it's going to be a busy summer, bro. If we're doing watch clubs for for the boys and, and Ms. Marvel, it, it, we'll figure and that Obi-Wan, stuff out later. Obi-Wan, dude. Like, oh, oh, my. And, and that's really interesting because this date, it definitely overlaps with Star Wars and Marvel, which apparently was a di- like a Disney Plus no-no, but I don't think Disney Plus ever said anything about that. I think it's more or less they just try to, you know, separate the two. Yeah. Unless, of course, um, you know, Obi-Wan's going to be a little bit lesser in episodes. Like, there's rumors that it's six, but I've also heard yeah. four episodes. Yeah, oh, so wow. I, 
I, I don't know. So, hmm. you know, it might just be a short sort of stint rather than maybe two or three weeks where they're really layering on top of each other. Um, yeah. But that being said, we do have a really outstanding cast uh, in this this series. They just represent such uh, uh, the world that we live in today is is what I've I've heard it referred yeah. to as. Um, we have Canadian actor Iman Valani from yeah. Markham, Ontario. Uh, <laughs> we got she's playing the titular character of Kamala Khan. We have yeah. uh, Farad Khan. We have Aramis Knight, Matt Lintz, Mohan Kapoor, and Sagar Shaikh. I apologize if I've missaid any of those names. Um, I'm very excited to see this series, man. Uh, for those who don't know, obviously, this is a miniseries created by Bisha K. Ali uh, for the streaming service of Disney+, Plus, based on the Marvel comic character Kamala Khan, also known as Ms. Marvel. Um, I've been I've watched the trailer like so many times since it dropped this morning, yeah. and um, there's just so much to pull away from it in especially in in the like first little bit like how they perceive her life in a sort of comic book frame yeah illustrations and drawings to just sort of hit this idea that she's she's living as as the trailer does she's living in a fantasy world she's she's immersed in this sort of uh, pop culture world if you will or superhero culture world you know that has created this disillusion that a lot of people around her seem to be saying like you yep. got to get your head out of those clouds and start making your life decisions but that's what's actually really so cool about this character is that she is a fan of superheroes and of superhero culture yeah. if you will and that's what's going to make her really great like i love the avenger shirt that she's wearing which i, I identified captain marvel mm -hmm. valkyrie but who was mm -hmm. the third person was it was it Wasp? I think it, it was Wasp. It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. It was yeah. all it was so, all strong powerful women, women, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. that looks like the kind of shirt that she would buy from a Disney store. Like it literally <laughs> looks like I've seen that shirt They'll probably on, the, sell that. on sale. They probably already do. Um yo, this trailer was absolute fire. I love the aesthetic, the treatment for the Marvel logo and just how it's all like again kind of drawn and 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 cartoony. And in speech bubbles, like the way they're saying, I really do hope that this is actually going to be playing into the show. I hope they use this aesthetic while she's daydreaming or she's imagining things because that was so dope. And, uh, you know, coming off our spoiler free and filled reviews for Turning Red, this is a perfect Marvel follow up to that. Like it just it's hitting this trailer is hitting right at the right time to speak to, again, a younger audience, a female led um, driven movie, a movie or a show that looks like it's going to be also filled with a lot of culture as well. Um, and the music for this trailer was so fitting. You know, you got the weekend coming in and she's using her powers that's, you know, blinding light right so that kind of really works and um it, it's interesting though like on the note of her powers because i had a friend of mine text me as soon as the trailer dropped and he's like it, it, why are they changing it and i i feel like she's still gonna get her in big in powers like you see the the fist at one point um but i think that they're trying to uh, align them more with carol danvers and monica rambeau's power set like aesthetically, I think they're well, you know, with her being cosmic more, don't you think? Sure, I 100% agree, but I also think they're aligning it to Shang-Chi. Like if you see that she puts oh, on that yeah. cuffling and it's a ring and then she becomes cosmic. So right. I, I'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be a correlation between the power set of her character. Again, 
the whole notion of what they're doing here in the MCU is adapting from the comments. They're, they're taking what works yeah. and bringing it over and, and making it altered for this. This MCU is not the Marvel comics that we know. It's it's a it's a parallel. It's a reimagination of some of those things. So if they can find ways to sort of connect the dots with what the, what's already going on, I'm OK with that. But to your point, the power set, we saw that we, we saw her her hand get big and punch. Right. Like we saw yeah. those elements. It does kind of remind me more of like Green Lantern. You know how like Green Lantern can imagine things and it, you know make things out of his out of his out of his hands and stuff like sure. that. Kind yeah. of reminded me of that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how they do this because it, it even looks at one point like she goes into um, the negative zone, which I was doing a bit of research on, and it's it's where the Fantastic Four get their powers from. Yep. And so I was just kind of thinking like with Reed Richards eventually coming into the fold, like we know they're doing Fantastic Four. It's it's maybe they're trying to separate him from her from him visually as well. Um, But I also think that maybe this is going to kind of tee up that storyline, those characters. And I'm also wondering if we could even see in a way like maybe she does sort of develop back into those traditional embiggen powers because uh, I don't know, maybe she wants to try to become more of her own hero, like during Miss Marvel she kind of goes through this crisis of like, am I trying to be too much like, like Carol Danvers? Like, should I try to be my own person? And I'm wondering if they're going to kind of maybe play off that a little bit. Yeah. I I think you're absolutely right to call out the fact that this, you know, it's because we've had such rich discussions around turning red and this sort of coming of age story. This very much feels like a, a Marvel version of that with, you know, a very culturally specific uh, centered uh, character that yep. is so integral to I think you know the 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 audience like like if we think about it there's a whole slew of kids of Pakistani Indian any sort of background that that feels mm-hmm. reminiscent of of Kamala Khan they're going to see themselves in yeah. in this in this story so and also just the fact that you know she's a female that is kind of going through this coming of age story again something that we've seen with sort of peter parker through three movies i feel like this series is going to kind of deal with a lot of that right so Mm -hmm. um i'm I'm very excited i mean i'm I'm really stoked to to see how this is all going to play out i think it's the actual perfect timing for a series like this yeah man i i'd also like to to really see her if she's like the lead for the initiative of kicking off the young avengers like if if this is where we're kind of going with these younger heroes and this is our first look at that i think it's it's awesome i think iman Vellani seems like she is even just based off this trailer like perfect for this role oh yeah absolutely dude the shot at the end was practically uh, straight from the comic books like her in her full costume sitting on the the, the, yep that's a cover it's a cover yeah it's so perfect dude i'm so stoked and i also think honestly with moon knight coming up for them to shift and go with this lighter tone is really smart and really refreshing for the MCU. So to, yeah. to kind of go really dark with Moon Knight and they're really, I feel like they're going to push that and really push to see how dark they can get, especially moving into Multiverse of Madness. I think with this, this is going to be like, okay, you can breathe for a couple seconds here. We're going to have a fun, poppy adventure of this this you know young high school girl. I'm, I'm so amped for this, dude. It was really, 
this looks really fun. Oh yeah, this looks this looks great. It's the exact sort of tone that I would want. It, it you know sort of again referencing a coming of age high school story. You know, it's taking that that same sort of Peter Parker tone, but f- you know, flipping the script, putting it in Jersey, focusing it on a girl, a Pakistani mm-hmm. uh, American background. Like it's it's just it's got all of these uh, nuances of of something that feels familiar yet fresh. And, you know, again, like the stills, the visuals right, right out of the comics. I absolutely love it. And there's such an honesty and and a a um, truth to to Imam Vellani's performance. Mm-hmm. Like that last scene where, you know, it fades, you know, do you know what you are? And it fades and she comes back. She's like, I'm a superhero. Like the right. excitement. And she's that so she has. stoked. Yeah. I was so stoked for her. Like, yeah, like and, it, and, I, and I really love that they they they're really hitting home this idea that she is a fan that is becoming a hero. I, I think that that's where we get start are starting to get this sort of meta qualities. We already got hints of it in Kate Bishop's character in Hawkeye. We got hints of it also with Peter Parker and Iron Man and wanting to be an Avenger and all that. But here we're, we're seeing that. The MCU has been so established for so many years in in their own timeline that naturally there are going to be these these fandoms. Totally, totally. I was just looking at her shirt to see if I think you're right. I think it is the Wasp and uh, Carol Danvers, and then who was the other one you mentioned? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah. It it's funny. It says, "Ladies, let's get information," but <laughs> but it's like information like it she really is a nerd like i'm stoked for her to to kind of see that and and she would see that and think like that's hilarious and like it's it even looks like it's in a style that like maybe she made it herself you know what i mean I like think it's, so it's i think she I, that's that's my was my first impression is that yeah because like her room is so cluttered with and it's very much like in the comics it's just pictures and and all these sort of things like her her whole wall is like is like a mood board or a memory wall or an inspiration yeah. wall whatever you want to call it oh yeah and I love that she's she's so uh, creative because I think she's inevitably going to make her own costume. Yeah. Right. It's and it's going to feel very reminiscent. And I and I like that we've seen sort of different iterations because I think their final costume that is very much a uh, what what they call a sari. It's very yeah. much like an Indian or Pakistani inspired clothing. It's going to represent her heritage uh, and her culture really, really well. And they did that in the comics. They they did that in the comics. So okay. I think that's going to be really cool to see that translate into live action. We could obviously talk for hours about this. Uh, uh, you know, loved it. Loved it. Very excited for it. Yeah, we're definitely doing a watch club for this as well. Um, so we'll have weekly weekly. Episodes well, there you go. Out. It's- it's, it's on the podcast, oh, so we have to do it now. We so. have to do it now. I we'll have to we'll have to late. figure out schedules and stuff like that. But yeah, for yeah. sure, for I'm sure, stoked. it's going to be done. So, all right, well, that's it for trailer time. Some some delicious delicious mm-hmm. trailers that we have for you. <laughs> good. But that brings us to the end of the show. But before we wrap, I thought we could share a little whatcha for yeah. our, for our audience. Yeah. Something that you've Let's watched, played, read, listened to. Anything that you think our audience should should enjoy, Nate? What what, what you been up to, bro? Yeah, we've been super duper busy uh, in the last, I'd say, week. We kind of got a little bit of a break, um, so I, I I started watching and, and caught all the way up on uh, Severance on Apple TV Plus. Nice. Um, have you seen this? It's, no, I haven't, dude. Adam Scott is is in it, and and he's phenomenal in it. He's doing such a good job. Um, Zach Cherry, who's who's the guy that goes. Yeah, Spider Man, do a yep. flip like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> like the guy on the bus. Yeah, uh, he is. He's in it as well. He's awesome. Um, Britt Lauer uh, is also in it, and um, 
who else is oh John Turturro uh, speaking of the Batman John Turturro is in it and he's now you'll have seen fantastic. him in two things now you'll have seen he's him in so two things so great there oh. we go I've seen him in two things <laughs> uh, Patricia Arquette um, and Christopher Walken uh, is in the show and mm. I'm telling you man yeah, the cast like is just stacked. to give you a, a little tiny synopsis for this basically the idea is these people work for a company that the information that they are are working with is so top secret that they have chips implanted in their brain that when they leave the building or basically when they go down an elevator or up an elevator um, their mind is wiped so their their work life and their home life are completely separate. In fact, to the point where they are almost even different people in a way between the two spaces. Um, and it's really, dude, it's really, really well done. It's directed by uh, six of the episodes are done by um, I'm Ben Stiller, and and uh, and it's, dude, I've I'm really blown away with it. It's so good. Yeah, man. The only reason I want to check it out is because of the stacked cast it has and and ben stiller is is directing it because he's he's a fantastic filmmaker yeah man adam scott has worked with ben stiller before um a few times obviously uh and i was i was surprised because honestly i've i've not i've not loved him in everything he's in i mean yeah. he also kind of plays last thing i saw him and he was playing a a, a dick in uh in secret life of walter mitty um and you know he's, he's I, was he in Step Brothers as well he was in Step Brothers, right he plays uh, derek or whatever yeah. i think <laughs> the walter, guy he's like the, singing yeah walter mitty was directed by ben stiller was it not yes yeah yep exactly so yeah man i'm uh dude it's i cannot recommend muse. it enough it's it's really yeah well i mean i was I was, uh, what was it against? Safdie's Muse and Uncut Jabs. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I honestly, if you if you have access to Apple TV Plus in any way, please watch Severance because it's it's dope. It's ah, dope. nice, awesome. Well, uh, for my watch, yeah, it's been it's a series. We actually talked about it. Uh, the the series is uh, Winning Time: The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. It's on HBO Max Ooh. and Crave in it's Canada. Out? Yeah, it's out now. Uh, uh, John. It stars John C. Riley, Quincy Isaiah, Jason Clark, Devon Nixon, Gabby Hoffman. It has a it has a very very diverse cast. Uh, if you if you didn't catch it, you can obviously check IMDb. But it's it's the professional and personal lives of the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers, uh, one of best sports teams, the most revered sports team. They basically helped redefine the sh- industry of basketball and what it is now, uh, in many cases. Yeah. And honestly, like we were talking about it in that trailer time, and and this sort of archival docu style, and like. Because of that, this show is awesome. It, it's totally Adam McKay from the visual style and language of the movie to the fourth wall breaking moments that f- give us expositional information in a very comical mm-hmm. way. Um, and and the, the look and feel with the archival docu style aesthetic, like the just the cinematography, everything's grainy. Sometimes it's, you know, you said it looks like shit, like it does. And it's, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it can. The editing is frantic, yeah. very much like like don't look up, like don't look up. Okay, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Mixing and it, it, what it does, it does play around with mixing the filming filmmaking aesthetics of today with the sort of retro tech filmmaking aesthetics of of the past to give it its own huh. look. It it works, it works really really well in my opinion. Some of the characters do feel like characters. Like John C. Riley's character is definitely rooted in more of a personality, but some of the more uh, 
side characters feel more like mm-hmm. lived in, if you will. Like they 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 have lives, like they personality, right. and like you know they're they're able to feed off of the sort of characters that are John C. Riley or or Isaiah Quincy as as uh, as as Magic Johnson. So it, it mm-hmm. just it's it's so good. I, I, from two episodes, I really enjoyed it, um, and and I'm deeming it a, a must see. Watch ya, man! Like you gotta you gotta see. Wow. It. I gotta get on it. Yeah, it's an HBO show. You'll like it. I'm how many episodes are out so far? Do you know? Just two. Just two. Okay, perfect. Well, because I'm you know between between Severance and and our flag means death, which we talked about on the podcast on Twig last week. Um, Yeah, man, it's it's I, I need. I need to catch. I need these shows, and I'm I'm trying to space them out in a way, but they always all seem to come out on the same day. So it's like I'll binge them all on one day, and then have nothing to watch throughout the week. Well, so maybe well, this will be my, my next that, one. And that was the thing too. It's like I, I was I started watching Bel Air. I'm three episodes in. I'm I'm probably yeah. behind by two though, and I feel like at this mm-hmm. point I'm just like I'm just gonna wait till it's to finish, and I'll just I'll just watch it all right or, or just all through. catch up or something. But for now. There's just so much going on. Uh, and, you know, that brings us to the end of this yeah. episode. Another This Week in Geek in the books. We hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. And thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And please feel free to leave us a glowing review. We always appreciate the love. Uh, you can always reach out to us. Ask us any questions uh, about the news or trailers we've shared today or anything of any sorts around anything we cover. And to do so, well, you can reach us by email, wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content and new content always coming out right now. We have our spoiler free and spoiler filled review for turning red Pixar's latest movie available now on Disney plus. So if you haven't seen it or if you have seen it, we got something for everyone. Uh, also we have our filled <laughs> review by the way, was so much fun. Yeah, it was really, like, so, it was a great we conversation so much. Ugh. Yeah, we had a great time. Um, and, and we were joined by, uh, by Megan Claire draws, uh, and, uh, Joe knows photos, so we, we had a great time reminiscing and, and, and sharing our thoughts about yeah. this movie with full spoilers, so uh, yeah, go check that out. Another great conversation was our spoiler-filled review for The Batman. Uh, yeah. we, we we sat down and, and really hashed that out, so if you've seen the movie, go give that a listen. And uh, upcoming, just around the corner actually, we're going to have our Oscar prediction episode uh, where Ooh. we where Nate, myself, and, and Kevin... And a special guest who we've had on last year, Mike Hogan, uh, will be joining us to kind of go through the selection. I'm excited to see what Kevin has in store this year. It's our third, third time doing it. Um, But yeah, that episode's going to drop. So be sure to subscribe so you know when our latest episodes drop. But until then, Nate, thank you for joining me for This Week in Geek. And as we say, pineapple on pizza. Love ya. Only if it's a Hawaiian. Peace.